Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Let's hop into the community pub. Thank you guys for all jumping in. And uh, we want to dive into tonight, continue the discussion. So uh, when... um, when we left off last time, we were talking about uh, a couple of things. We'll dive into it a little bit more with building a team. Uh, we just got to wait for Rob to hop in because I know there's different questions that we wanted to keep asking Rob and as others hop in. But before we do, let's go around real quick. Uh, Brandon uh, from Tim's, guess what I got? I got a little uh, Sierra Nevada hazy nice. thing. I nice. Yeah, one of my favorites. One of our favorites too, right? Yep. Yep. One of my favorites. Yeah. What are you drinking? Sticking with the the water tonight. Too many tacos tonight, so can handle another beer. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Uh, you went out and celebrated some Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, we went to the, just a local Mexican restaurant up the road. So. So, so the one that we tried to go to with Mark from Firehouse. Uh, there was a guy that out front. So once I finally went in, they said it's a three hour wait. There was a guy that had been waiting and I got in there at like seven o'clock. Well, it was about six 45. Cause we were going to meet at seven at six 45. When I talked to the guy, he said he had been there since five. Oh, wow. Been waiting since five o'clock and hadn't gotten in. So where'd you go, Brandon? Uh, it's a little Mexican restaurant called Monterey's. It's like literally a half a mile up the road from my house. So it's like, I think we're uh, considered, uh, what do you call it when you just go all the time? Um, regular? Regular. Regular, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just regulars there. So they know us by name up there. So <laughs> What's your go-to? Chimichangas, man. Chimichangas. Yeah, fajita steak. Beef or ground beef, Jimmy? Okay, steak. Yeah, fajita beef. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, the only time I've been a waiter and I sucked at it uh, because I would just go talk to everybody and they forget to put in their order. I was the worst waiter of all time. Uh, but it was at Chimmy's, which is a local place in Tulsa. And that's what they specialized in was chimichangas. And yeah, that fajita beef with the cheese and all the, uh, the fixings. Oh yeah. I can't beat it. Bruno, how'd you celebrate? I, I I just went came home and started drinking tequila. There you go. What's your tequila of choice? Uh, little Jose. Yeah. Some Patron. It depends. Right now I'm drinking Patron because I didn't want to go dark. Yeah. Was once you go dark, you know. <laughs> Where, where's Mark at? Speaking of dark. Well, Chocolate Thunder's still at the pizza place eating his pizza. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I literally had to know. I mean, by the time they brought the pizza, I said, here's my card. I need a box. Like, I mean, it just it is what it is. So that's why we had, I tour over here and, and got in. I'm sitting is outside. He make an appearance? Uh, I don't think so. He's got his family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they were going home. My girls are uh, hopping in the pool and uh, I'm going to enjoy some beer sitting out here on the patio. Definitely. Right on, man. Rob, man, good to see you. Kevin, how's it going tonight? Hey, pretty good, Marshall. How about yourself? Oh, doing wonderful. What are you drinking? 
Oh, a little um, <clears throat> Fatheads uh, Sunshine Daydream IPA. Ooh. Yeah, it's uh, um, a session IPA. It's pretty good. A little fruity, but uh, very smooth. Yeah, nice. And Alex, you sticking uh, with? We made oh, the traditional China. We made the traditional Mexican dish of um, chicken stir fry tonight. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll maybe make enchiladas over the weekend. <laughs> hey, chicken stir fry, you could just throw it in a quesadilla and be good. That's true. That, that's the next morning leftovers, right? Yeah. 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 Alex, yeah. water like usual? Yeah, just water. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Brandon from Shawshank? Just drinking Guinness tonight. There I was you go. Grab my right. IPA, but I went for the Guinness instead. Yeah. Big, big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Old trusty, huh? Yeah. You, you can't go wrong with the Guinness, man. No. Like, okay. you, like you said, no matter what you're eating, it goes with it. No matter what time of year, it's perfect. And and, and you can still drink it if it's been sitting outside in the sun all day. It still tastes good. All right. You lost, you lost me there. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's pretty much how yeah. they serve it in Ireland. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so Brandon, I did. Uh, I used to do different runs and stuff, and uh, my favorite were those beer runs where you could you'd basically run a quarter mile and then you'd drink a beer and you know run another. Like there was one that uh, they served Guinness, and I got up to it and I was so excited because I was like, "Oh, I'm so ready for a cold beer." Mm -mm. It had been <laughs> sitting out for we don't know how long, and so you just got and I, that one, that first one was because that was a three mile run. And so oh. I think that one was like a little over a mile by the time we got to drink a beer and it was warm. <laughs> I, I remember hearing that on your podcast and that had to be brutal. It was. It was and all I can think of. I brought my little brother when he was 21 out to a bar um, to have his first beer at a bar and I bought him a Guinness and he was all excited. He went to take a drink and he was like almost almost gagged like he's gonna handle it yeah that was me that was me trying to force that down now after a couple you know ones you could finally start drinking again because you're you know hey but uh because you when you when you do those after a run you don't really sip them you chug them you know well, yeah even enjoying guinness if i was out running a marathon or something i don't think i'd want to chug a guinness <laughs> what about guinness blonde do you drink guinness blonde i've never tried it mm. That factory is right here. Oh, it is? Yeah. It's, in, it's in just outside Baltimore. Huh. All right. So are you a fan of Guinness? I like the blonde. I don't like the heavy stuff. All right. All right. <laughs> I like it. What about uh, what about Green Clean? What's Green Clean up there doing? Looks like, uh, looks like you're cooking something. Always cooking something. We are... Partaking in Cinco de Mayo, like good children. And what are we cooking? We have a chorizo and vegetable frittata. All right. Trying to compete with Nick, are you? All right. I like it. We got a little little duo action going on here. Nick, are you going to be throwing down some Mexican stuff tonight? I wish, dude. I'm cooking breakfast hoops. I don't have anything else. Well, I guess Ben's going to be good, do though. Ben's going to do the uh, Cinco de Mayo chorizo, so. Heck yeah, man. All right, what are you, do what are you cooking for breakfast? 
I don't know yet. I got hash browns, I got eggs, I got bacon, and we're gonna see where it ends up. Ooh, and I got cinnamon rolls that I'm gonna put in a waffle maker and see what happens. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, okay. So, what do you do with cinnamon rolls in a waffle maker? Make Pop them open, put them in, and close it, and that's it. Huh. Hmm. What do you just like unravel the the cinnamon roll? Nah, nah. You, they come out and they come out like pre prepackaged, you know, like this yeah. big. And you just lay them on the thing and press it down, and it flattens them out into waffles. Okay. Sounds <laughs> like some that shot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, Pretty sounds easy. like munchies to me. I was gonna say you guys sound like a bunch of stoners. It is. It is. <laughs> what are you high? Like you know, it'd be awesome if you took the cinnamon rolls and you put them in the toaster. <laughs> Hey man, got any <laughs> Nick, man, I like it. I like your creativity. Thank you, sir. Definitely. All right, Rob. Uh, remind us again for people that are hopping in. Remind us who you are, what you've done with your career. Uh, I'm Rob. I own on the spot detailing. Um, we have uh, ten mobile trucks, three shops, twelve dealerships, an auction, and then. Hopefully, if a meeting goes well tomorrow, we'll add another $4 million in revenue and another auction. Mm. Do tell, do tell. Yeah, I, I have a meeting with the big Mannheim here that's looking to um, replace who they have. Oh, yeah, Mannheim's huge. Yeah, so that'll add 60 people and at least $4 million in revenue. Congratulations, man. Well, that's awesome. I haven't got it yet. <laughs> I know, but you at least got the shot, right? You know, yeah. The meeting, is, say, the meeting at least, at least, yeah. If you can at least get a shot to do something, yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, because yeah, it, I mean, geez, if you get in with one Mannheim, geez, wow, that would. Well, be that's what I found. It, you know, like a lot of times at dealerships and at auctions, they don't they don't let you in unless you you can prove that you know how to do it, and no one will give you the shot to prove that you know how to do it. Uh, especially something like an auction that could run, you know, 60 people. I mean, we do three or 400 details a day out of the one we have. I mean, they're not full details like you'd think, but it's a factory, five lanes, you know, eight people per lane and, and everybody has a station and the cars just roll through seven to 10 minutes per car. Through the, All right, through let's the break. Yeah. Let's break that down. Not, and and I'll we'll, we'll we'll transition through on where I want to go in my mind. I know that sometimes takes a while, but so break us down if a car when a car comes into uh, into your shop there at the auction, walk us through its transition. Well, a lot of these are repossessions, so they're just full of God knows what you know, guns, drugs. The, the, so the first job, <laughs> the, the first person is. Um, they're the detrasher. So their job is only to take all of the garbage out of the car. And it's actually one of the most sought after jobs because while you're not allowed to take the stereo systems and the guns and stuff like that, anything that you can fit in your pocket, you know, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Damn, happened to my tag okay. lights when I used to tow, tow fucking cars to the auction. I left my $200 tag lights on the trunk. Of course, nobody knew what happened to them. Nope. <laughs> they're just gone one guy got fired for walking out with a with a four foot jeep jack over his shoulder you've got to like a little look like nobody's really checking like if it can't fit in your your pockets in your backpack then you can't take it 
<laughs> so then it comes after we take all the trash out of it, they kind of blow it to loosen it up, do a quick vacuum of the of the main stuff. Um, then it goes to wash bay where two there's a person on each side. Um, each person, they wash half the car and it moves forward to interior where two to three people are working on the interior. Then it, it goes to the final check where they do windows and, you know, make sure everything looks good, dress the tires, you know, make sure there's nothing's missed, goes to the QC who's at the end of the line and out the door. And, you know, that, that takes 10 minutes, five lanes running all day, you know, a three to 400 cars is, is a normal day mm. normal days 300 cars yeah all right i think people loved yeah right i mean it it's it's crazy to think about and especially when you say four million dollars right few detailers would ever think of seeing that in their lifetime and to think that it could be done in a year in one contract in one contract yeah mm -hmm. um but let's walk through that that headache though right the one thing that i think many of us as detailers which we talked about last week, right? You know, how do you bring on that first person? How do you bring on the second, right? Now we've got a whole crew of, you said, 60 people that we've got to manage. As we heard last week, you know, there's all kinds of questions, all kinds of concerns, and let I'm, I'm transparent too. I want to say there's a lot of detailers that give excuses, right? They, they don't want to have to worry, don't want to have to work, don't want to ha work with people is what I'm saying. Like, they don't want the headache of having to manage other people. And so many of us just want to do it all ourselves. How do you even just start that thought process of having even three or four people? What's the one thing in your mind that you have to wrap around so that you can let go of you as the detailer, quote unquote, and step into you as the business operator. Yeah, letting go is the hardest part. When you know, when people talk to me just about taking that step, going from themselves or a person or two, it's it's no, it's just being okay with the fact that other people are going to do the work. I'm not even the best detailer at my company. I don't pretend to be. That's not my job. My job is to make sure that the company runs and grows and, and to manage my manager. So, you know, getting over that first hurdle and, and just coming to terms with the fact that there's good detailers out there that will do the job. You've got to give them the chance and the trust to know that they can go out there and clean a car just as well as you can. You know, every, every detailer thinks they're the world's greatest detailer, but, you know, there's lots of people who can detail cars out there. All right. So what are those early things that we need to make sure we start to put into place? I'm guessing that we talked about it before, but let's go over it again real quick. It's training, I guess, hiring the right way, training the right way. So kind of give us those again, you know, what is it that we really should be trying to do if we want to bring one, two, three people in? Well, the first thing you should do is write down your processes. You know, like whatever, whatever it is that you do, you should write it down and then take it and hand it to somebody who doesn't know much about detailing and, and say, you know, like a friend and say, Hey, can you follow this? Can you detail this car? You know, like, I mean, they're not going to be perfect, but can they follow the order and do it your way? Because it's really about the consistency of it. As long as everyone does it your way, you'll get the same result every time. 
So, you know, writing everything down and making, even if it's a rough manual, you know, just, just to get them going on it. Like, Hey, here's what I need you to do. All right. So let me pause. I want to go to Ben. Cause I know Ben you've talked about, it's been hard to hire people. Um, what have you struggled with when it comes to those, those times? I know you, you've said, I think that it's hard to find the people to work. Yeah, I was good. That's what I was going to say is having work show up and listen to the process. Like, I've gone as far as making like laminated cards that don't get messed up. So like a checklist of like front, back, outside the car, inside of the car, what needs to be done. And I don't know. I just had bad luck with people. That happens. Okay. But what you've got to look at is, is there's, uh, unfortunately there's one constant and, and that's the person teaching them how to do it. So, you know, like it, everyone can't suck at it. Maybe, maybe what we need to do is work on how you're teaching them. And, and that's, and that's tough. I, I went through a lot of employees while I learned it, it takes practice to, to speak to them in the way that they understand that they don't see as demeaning or, you know, just, Hey, I need you to do it like this. And, and you've got to learn how to hire the people that are willing to listen. I'll, like I've said before, I'll teach you to detail. I can't teach you to pay attention and care about your job and, you know, work hard. Those aren't teachable things that, that you either have them or you don't. So you need to find those people and then teach those people how to detail. Yeah. Like I didn't have a shop. I was just mobile. So like I would go around with them for three months wouldn't touch the car, just kind of standing over their shoulder, making sure everything goes the way it's supposed to do, and turn them loose. And within a month, it like it, it's that dedication. I couldn't find good people. <laughs> it's definitely Rob. Good. Any any thoughts on how to solve that? Keep trying till you get better at it. You know, it, like anything else, it it takes practice. You know, now I, I've hired enough people that within a few minutes. Like, I know whether or not I'm going to give you a job. I'll sit through the rest of the interview, but, you know, so, I have a pretty good idea of who, uh, I'm, who I'm hiring and oh, what questions to what so I know what I'm getting. And do you think after a couple well, months, Ben, would you have been They're able to, well, if you're a couple months in, would you be able to bring a third person in to kind of make sure that they could kind of co-work together? Would you think that would help that one person that was struggling by himself? Yeah, having a second person, but then that would be me on the road training two people. It would have been more of a struggle for me. Um, I just never made it that far. Like I was just, I wasn't even looking to train somebody to detail. I was just trying to train somebody to do maintenance washes. Pensacola is a hard market. I think it's listen. I think it's all a hard, I think it's a hard market everywhere. I think we could go around the room, and I think everybody would say it's hard to find somebody to work. Listen, I'm here in Jacksonville, and I got I see now hiring signs all over the place. I mean, I think in every industry, people are having a hard time finding somebody that wants to work. You know, I, I think it's difficult. Kevin, what what do you see in your area? Oh, it's the same thing. You drive up <clears throat> what is pretty much auto dealer row, and it's like detailers wanted help wanted um i've had problems holding on to people <clears throat> my wife was actually working with me my 56 year old wife buffing cars because i couldn't find someone reliable 
I had a kid, I mean, he was in his early 30s. Oh, I love cars. And he kept with it for about a month or two. And then I think he realized that I love cars, but this is kind of like work. And he took a job instead at Target, uh, unloading trucks. Um, <clears throat> and then he became, I saw him at a restaurant where he was helping seat people. So there you go. You, here's, here's a kid that had a chance to build a business to, for himself and chose otherwise. Um, I have found a gem with a mid twenties guy that, that where I'm working now, after I lost my lease at my shop, the dealership came in and threw money at the landlords. The landlord gave me 30 days to get out. And uh, that's pretty tough to move an established business. And, hey, uh, listen, Kevin, I'm right there with you. Like we, we found that out, right? The, the Monday before I left on Thursday to come here, mm -hmm. our landlord came in and said, Hey, uh, the owner of this facility wants to go in a different direction and use it for themselves. You got 30 days. Yeah. So when I get back, we've got like, what, three and a half, three, about three weeks to not only find a location, which I couldn't find the week yeah. as I'm trying to leave. Uh, the different people I talked to said the warehouse space under 5,000 square feet has a 3% availability through Tulsa. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm right there with you, man. We're, we're, uh, we're hustling to find a place ourselves. Yeah. I'd spit uh, 4,000 square feet of equipment into my 500 square foot garage. And uh, now I was listening to your podcast of the day. We're talking about having your shop and being mobile and and taking stuff with you to go do work and then you're getting half of anything oh crap i forgot this or i forgot that and you know this a customer of mine a ceramic coating customer of mine somebody who uses father's shop actually it turns out is a dealership and um uh, he wants to be a mortgage operator and and so i'm teaching him because i can teach him and when the covid stuff settles down he'll go to uh montana for the training and but uh yeah it's it's been tough finding somebody who wants to st st stick with it. I mean, it's, it's profitable. I, I pay well and uh, I just don't get it. Um, so Rob, kudos to you, man. Um, someone working a line, probably looking at each individual, looking about what, 70, 80 cars each doing the same thing or do you switch positions on them to, if you're doing interior no, they do the same thing mostly but what i can, what i can tell you is we pay every two weeks and some of those people's checks are two thousand mm. dollars so for for somebody who you know i've put my retail my residential guys in there and they're like fuck that like <laughs> they're not even they don't even make it a day you know when i have to fill them in and, you know, they just are not used to that pace. They're not used to that grind. The building is like a big steel building. It's hot. Yeah. So, you know, like it's not for everyone, but those who are willing to do it make good, good, consistent money week after week because they're paid per car. Sounds so the like more they found, turn out, the better they'll do. Sounds like you found every available one in the country. That's why we can't find these guys. Yeah, <laughs> I have this. I, we've been looking for a porter. It's the easiest oh, really? job company you literally go out front in the auction you move the car up two feet you get in another car and you do it again and i can't hire anybody for it i, I am headhunting trying to get somebody <laughs> to be a porter. wow what part of the country are you in uh, i'm just outside baltimore okay i'm up in pittsburgh rob the uh the number one position that i've heard at a dealership the hardest position to fill is a porter so I, I think a lot of people are there with you. For some reason, that position is extremely difficult. 
seems easy to me. Right? But Brandon, the problem is, is you can make just as much on unemployment as I'm paying for that position, which is $13 mm. an hour. So, you know, there's no incentive to come and do it. Yeah. Brandon from Tim's, I know you've, you, you're doing your best to continue to grow and build and bring in another vehicle and bring in team members. And you got people calling you all the time for work. How are you doing with team members? I actually just hired three more people. So um, I had one started last week and two started this week. So um, we're, it's basically throw them in a truck and let's go do some work. <laughs> kind of trial by fire, I guess. Are these right. your first three? No, no, I got uh, two girls that's been working for me for, for, I guess, a year and a half, two years now. And then, so I got, I actually hired another girl. So I got, she's off with them. And then I got two guys with me. And eventually I'm on, I guess, make, you know, another team and then me and somebody else, you know, put another truck on the road. So your teams are three? No, I mean, I like teams of two. Teams of three seems kind of clunky well, to I, me. I was but... wondering how do you transport them around? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we got, you know, trucks with, you know, quad cab trucks, two quad. Oh, four. you use pickup trucks. Yeah. 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 Oh. So, but yeah, you know, teams of three seems a little clunky to me. But uh, so we'll, you know, eventually go two, two, and two. So what's your process on finding these people? Um, well, my first two hires, my first one was actually my cousin. She just needed a job, and it just kind of worked out that way. And I didn't think it would, you know, man or you know, come to anything, but she liked it, and she stayed, you know. And then the other one, I actually knew that girl, too, so it kind of worked out. And like the first, like, four people that's ever answered an ad, I, I usually put, like, an ad on Facebook or something. And, uh, like, the first four people that ever answered was girls. So as you know, which girls are great detailers, you know, I have no problem with it. As long as you, know, you go out there and do the work, I have no problem with it. <clears throat> and then I had two other guys answer. So we, you know, I figured at least one of them ain't going to work out. So we just <laughs> hire them all for right now and see what happens. All right. Uh, and what are you doing for your training? How are you going through that process? Um, well, I have a, a checklist on the, like, you know, on our CRM that we use that has a, a checklist, but you have to check everything off before that, before you can finish, hit finish on the job. But, you know, we're kind of just going through training people as, hey, this is how you vacuum, this is how you clean a cup holder, this is how you, you know, I'm, I'm going through letting them do the work, but, you know, showing them what to do as we go. And that's, that's kind of how I'm, I go about it. And how does it go? How's it going for you? No, it's been going good so far. I mean, it's, you know, there's always something you got to, Hey, you got to check this, you know, this is how you clean this vent out. And, you know, this is how you clean inside the barrel of a rim or, you know, whatever. So when yeah. you have those moments, walk us through your, your mindset, do you, you get agitated? How, you finally get to a point or, you know, are you still in that, uh, you know, nice, nice, quote unquote, nice friend mode? Or do you do you go in with <laughs> do you go in with immediately not a friend mode, but going to like, hey, listen here, man, this is how you do it. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, eventually, you know, you, you, you always have a day that you just like, you know, what the fuck. But um, <laughs> most of the time I try to say, it, you know, if somebody messes up you know, the first time or maybe the second time, this is a teachable moment. 
you know, let's not get mad. We can teach this about this real quick. Now, if it happens, you know, third, fourth time, now like that's when I'm going to start getting upset. But, you know, the first couple of times, hey, teachable moment. We can, you know, fix this. This is how you fix it. Don't do it again. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Julian, man, how's it going? Good. Very good. I like that shirt, bro. Thank you. I appreciate it. Had to change Silent. it up today. Yeah, did you go out right. for Cinco de Mayo? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, just went out for some drinks on a little date. Ooh, yeah. And then ditched the date to come to the pub, man. Nice. Exactly. Thanks, yeah. That's the right way to do it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, questions. I know uh, you had a couple questions towards the end. Uh, I wanted to give you time to ask those questions to Rob again. Yeah, Rob. Oh, those questions. Are talking to me? Yeah. Uh, the questions I had um, from previously from last week, is that correct? Well, no, I just I thought you had more. Oh, I know I didn't have any any questions. You're good. Today. Okay. I know I'm Brandon good. from Shawshank did, but I just I I wanted to give you the opportunity. I thought you had a couple more. No, 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 not today. All right, Brandon Shawshank. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. I thought you were asking open people to ask. I apologize. No worries. Um, but Rob, I had a question last week I didn't get to ask. You mentioned you had multiple mobile uh, mobile detailing companies come off your company. Um, how do you deal with people you're training that leave to start something on their own? And do they ever try to take some of your clients away in the process? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, but I can tell you that of the probably 25 that have done it, only one is still in business. So, you know, they, they just, these guys come in every day and, and we, they're handed their jobs and their truck is ready and they get in and they go and they think, oh, well, shit, I can do this. But what they don't realize is all of the stuff that it takes to fill those vans every single day, all the marketing, all the business stuff, the things that they just don't see. And when they get out there and do it on their own, almost always they come back around. And depending on how they left and, and how it went, like, I'm never going to stop you from, you know, pursuing and doing your own thing. If you do it correctly, give me notice. Don't try to go after my clients. You know, I'm not going to try to, to destroy your, you know, your thing. Uh, almost always they come back six months later looking for their job back. And if they did it properly and they, and they, and they went out and, but what I can tell you is from then on, they're, they, you don't hear anything else out of them because they realize that it's not so easy to go out there and do it on your own. And those are the guys that are great because they realize like, okay, you know, like, oh, this is actually good. I can do what I want to do and not worry about any of the business side of things. And then they stay. But and, and that's, that's how a good employee turns into a great employee. Yeah, <laughs> I've been through that. <laughs> the grass isn't greener, and, and, they, and nope. they find out they find out that you do a hell of a lot more than they gave you credit for. Yeah, because you and Nick mentioned. Um, I had a question about transitioning my clients to that new employee, and I have had a guy that wants to start his business that came with me a couple times to try out a new employee, and you mentioned make the clients realize that it's your business, not you. And that everyone's on the same page as you, has the same skill set, does it the same. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if the client just thinks everyone's the same, they could easily say, hey, I do the same thing. I could do it this much cheaper. 
you know, you will have clients that, that will go, but I can tell you that a lot of times the client will call you and say, Hey, just so you know, your guy just tried to poach me, you know, because, because they understand that it's not, it's not, um, beneficial to them to go because if they, I've had clients that I won't take back, they left to go get it, to get a cheaper price. And now that guy's now out of business six months later and they want to come back. And I don't, you know, I just, we're always, you know, six weeks out when they call. So, you know, like if you left and, and went with one of my employees, I, I, I tend not to take the, the customer back either. Cause Thank they'll just know. do it again, you know, cause there's also the customers that will try to get that person to do it on the side because I'll have my guys come back and say, Hey, just so you know, Rob was trying to give me, you know, 60 bucks to come on my day off and do this car. And we won't go back to that, to that client again, either. I'll call them and say, Hey, you know, unfortunately you've, you know, you tried to offer my guy less money to do it on the side and, he told me. So unfortunately, we're, we're no longer going to be able to, to do that. And they're like, oh, blah, 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 you know, giving you the, but it, once you get to the point that you don't need them anymore, you don't really worry about it. Once you have an established business, losing one or two clients is not going to, to, to break your business. And I understand that it's just me. So I've only grown as far as I can. I keep trying to get new software, this and that to make it myself more available, but I've hit a peak as to so much I can do and I have to turn people down. That's why I need the employees. I need to grow. Yeah. So, well, everybody gets to that point and it's yeah. just, you know, what I always tell people, like, especially when I'm like at conferences and stuff, like I'm here and the, the company is still making money. If you get hurt or go on vacation or want to go to, you know, a, a conference or something like that, you have to close your business and you know, you're not making any money. That, that business should continue to run whether you're there or not. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's the point you got to get to that they're out there making you money while you're, while you're on vacation. And that's where I want to go. I just got to jump this first hurdle. It's the <laughs> hardest hurdle. Yeah. It's All right, so Brandon Shawshank. So walk us through that hurdle. What's your approach? Uh, I've after talking with you guys a couple of times, I've already contacted my, I, I contacted my accountant. He's kind of tied up because it's busy season. So after that, I'm going to sit down with him. I contacted my insurance agent, which is, the, it was the weirdest thing. I called her and she was right before she was in labor. She's like, oh, I got to call you back. So, so I got to wait two weeks for that. And um, I started, there was a young detailer 30 miles away that I know that I've been trying to help him start his own business as well. So he came with me a few times to kind of test the waters. Um he's not really doing things that I'm trying to train. Like he's never buffed before he bought a buffer. And I said, practice on your own. I still have hoods in my garage that I practice products on and he's going and charging people to do it. Yeah. And yeah. Brandon, hold on one second. Let me, let me throw this out there for a second. I'm going to throw it to Rob and we'll toss it around. But uh, there is a big theory that goes on in the industry that you really don't try and hire other detailers. Some then also say, hey, happy to hire other detailers because they already know how to quote unquote detail. But as Rob already said, uh, he doesn't want people that know how to detail because then they come in with extra baggage. And that um, happens. So, with, with anything. 
Yeah, well, Rob, re-explain your thoughts. Uh, yeah, they, they, they just come in with bad habits too, you know, like th things that other people have taught them. I hire detailers sometimes, you know, like it, depending on what I'm hiring for, you know, but if I'm just hiring a base technician, I would rather just teach them to do it my way. And then I don't have to hear, you know, about how they're the world's greatest detailer. And, you know, they, they should, they can do this and that and this and that. And, and they can't do anything, <laughs> anything the way I want it done. Like, that's great. But I need you to do, you know, like I need you to just vacuum the carpet. I don't want it. I don't want to hear about anything <laughs> else. Just make sure that that carpet looks good. That's that's what I need you to do right now. But yeah, Brandon, he, help. Yeah, yeah. Walk us. I mean, I don't. I want. I want you to walk us through. You know, why you think, you know, this guy would be good. And I'm not. This is this is just for tossing back and forth, right? He might end up being a great guy for you. And I'm not saying he's not. So I just I, want I'm to walk through there. that you process. Hire, it sounded like you were talking to him, and he's starting his own company, and you're teaching him how to do it. I was helping him with that first. Um, I've been, he's just been calling me asking questions. A couple, um, new detailers have been contacting me with questions and I was just helping them. Um, well, 30 miles is pretty close. I yeah. Mean, that, that can <laughs> easily encroach on your area. I mean, I'm all about helping people, but that's kind of close. I, I, did, I, tell him I, I talked to you guys about this and I realized I was trying to go to subcontracting, but I realized I can't do that. Um, and in his area, I don't even go there. My family's in his area and I can barely make it there because I'm so busy. It, it 30, it's 30 miles, but it takes like 45 minutes to get to. Um, so I wasn't going to go after his area at all. And the guy's a yeah, great he guy. He go after yours. He, yeah. he can, yes. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I, I wasn't quite worried about it, I guess, yet. But it can happen. But he's, he's a great guy. I was just uh, trying him out to see if I can go in that direction. And there was just a couple <clears> red flags came up and it kind of made me think uh, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. What were those red flags? Uh, what I mentioned, I was trying to teach him things. Everyone's got their own process. I told him that he vacuumed some cars out, out for me. I said, hey, I'll watch your process because he's been doing it on the weekend for years for people. And the buffer situation was a big red flag to me um and then also ceramic coatings i kept I, I recommended one of your coatings to him actually because i was talking to him and he was charging people for a spray on product and saying it was a ceramic coating and i, I educated him and stuff and but to me that was a red flag because he thought it was a ceramic coating because a youtuber told him and i was like yeah you know yeah I get it. I mean, those are good, clear red flags. Uh, good that you're seeing it now, right? Yeah. And it's not that he's not a, a an unhirable person, but no. good that you already see that out there. Uh, Paul Gold Standard, man, thanks for hopping on. Good to see you, bro. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, how how are you? Do you have team members? Are you solopreneur? Where are you at? Yeah, the only uh, team member I have is my 13-year-old son. That's about it. Yeah. However, however, it ain't free labor. He 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 does get paid for every job, uh, depending on how what you know. He get a set rate, and then if I get a, a a tip, he gets we split the tip. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Thoughts of bringing on others? Are you good with your son, or where are you at in that process? 
Um, yeah, I'm not not looking to bring on anybody just yet. And it has, has nothing to do with anything against having anybody on. It's just that's just I'm not at the volume um, to need anybody else yet. Yeah. But cool. as, as soon as that volume gets to that level, then absolutely. Cool. I like it, man. All right. Uh, I'm going to throw this out there because I know there's a couple of people that listen. And I, I know even some here of, you know, where are we at on that transition of, if we are having a full-time job, right. Um, but also wanting to grow a business, how do we know when to, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week. Do you, do you actually have to take a jump or how can we do the best of both worlds, get paid, get all the benefits, get everything that we love about a job and then hire somebody to run our business for us so they can grow up to the point of which Rob got into that situation. It just, eventually he didn't bartend anymore, right? Like eventually his business grew up, but Rob, you said three years, I think. Uh, it was almost five years of working nights and weekends. No, oh. but again, I had a job that I, that, that, worked for that like i could go and do that afterwards it's you know if you have a nine to five with with good benefits and you know a good pay you know and you need to support your family that's a much tougher situation because you know now you can do it opposite what i was doing where now you can detail on the nights and the weekends and then you'd have to have somebody you could really trust to run the business during the week so let's let's talk about if we're just going to be weekends right derek i think that's that's in your, your ballpark. So any thoughts or questions about, uh, you know, if you're a, a weekend only in a sense, you're only open on the weekends. How do you transition over to having your business open, you know, full time as well as running a full or, and, and working a full time job? I think my only, my only real main question, cause um, I know you guys have seen uh, one of my uh, buddies, uh, uh, his name's Larry. He's been coming with me. Uh, quite a bit he's actually come with me this, uh, this weekend we're doing another uh like construction vehicle for this one company um he doesn't have anything as far as like stuff so like i'd have to give him a lot of my stuff or he have to get a lot of his stuff to start out to, for him to start doing that kind of stuff his brother owns a uh, wrap shop so they do vinyl wrapping they do a lot of stuff so he's you know somewhat versed in, car in cars and a couple of cars i brought him on I didn't have to, I had to basically explain this is what we're doing. And he kind of already like knew what he was supposed to do type stuff. I had to correct him on a few small things. Um, and he's polished before, but not, not like, no, obviously not to my level, but he's, he's, he can get around and do like a primer polish if I need him to or something. But uh, when, when you have employees, uh, like you said, like, so I'll be working my full-time job. And then, you know, if I get a call for a wash, I can say he's not working. He would go and do the car for me would did you guys have your those guys like using your equipment or was it the, were they were they responsible for getting all their stuff or what kind of vehicle were they showing up in like how did, my thing is i don't want them to look unprofessional getting to this customer's house and they're just like oh what the hell because like I, you know i got the shirt and i got the you know i'm showing my trucks on ice and stuff and i show up to these cars and people are like oh that guy definitely details and then he's showing up he may not have a t-shirt on i've given him shirts and stuff and sometimes he wears and sometimes he doesn't so what do you guys do as far as like, do you give, uh, have you given your, your, I guess your newer hires that's doing your work equipment or do they, you make them get their own stuff? 
I think if you want to be the business owner, you need to supply all that and you need to establish the rules. If you want to work, you have to wear a t-shirt. I'm not asking you to wear a suit and tie. Here's a goddamn t-shirt. Put it on. And if not, go home. You know, like, yeah, if you can't do that, then then I wouldn't trust you to clean the car properly. Like, I, that's, that's exactly what reason. I did. <laughs> yeah. So, right, Derek, John, John explain. Just to, give you, just to give you an idea. So, I had a guy that, that wanted to take over a job every Sunday. Uh, and frankly, I just got tired of doing it at five o'clock in the morning because it was the only time I could get to him. Um, and he said, oh, no, I'm up anyways. I can go ahead and just take care of it. So, um, we worked it out. And basically I supplied him with the portable stuff uh, that he carried in his trunk for the Sunday. So he would come by and pick it up uh, on Saturday or Friday, whatever the case is, because I knew he would do that job uh -huh. and he would do that. And then I would get a portion of that detail, but majority of it went to him. Um, but it was that trusted relationship that basically he had a shirt, he had to show up. He, and if he didn't show up, my customer was the first one calling me you know at 5 30 in the morning going hey you know he's out here but you know he, you know looks like he just rolled out of bed and, and you know it, i did require you know you have to have a shirt people have to be able to know who you are when they're coming across the street going hey do you I see your detailing they need to know exactly who you are so if you're running your own personal vehicle i gave him uh, a, and i only spent literally 150 bucks i spent uh 85 bucks on the electric power washer the rest was uh -huh. chemicals that I was already splitting into bottles anyway. So I made sure that every job was filled for him. So it didn't cost me more than $200. And each job that I was doing every Sunday, it was $125 to $150 every single time. Um, so it paid for itself, gave him a little coin in his pocket, and then also gave me a little percentage back on my side too. And it was that trust factor. But once he started kind of showing up a little bit later and a little bit later and getting less consistency. that when I really had to start watching it because my client only had that one day off and uh -huh. we wanted to get him done before he went to church. So that was the whole reason why we were there at five o'clock in the morning. So I'm big on shirts because people need to know who you are because when they ask the questions, if you don't have a card, they can at least know who you are right off the bat. All right. So I want to dive Good into point, that man. for a second, John, because I, I know I struggle with this and I imagine there's others also. How do you let so many little things, right? At what point is there, you know, okay, man, three strikes, you're out. Is it two strikes? Like how many little things do we let keep going before we move on to somebody else? For me personally, man, I, that is, that's a kick in the nuts because that's hard. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, I, like I said, I, I'm horrible at it. The, the things that I have allowed, uh, I literally, I just, I just had a great employee, literally uh, I'm back to myself. I already have a second truck running. I was getting ready to run it and I thought he was going to stick around. Um, so we got it all ready to for him. And then he just said, no, nope, I decided I want to do it. Um, and the things that I allowed, um, I shouldn't have allowed. So, and my wife just kind of, she had to reiterate and kind of say, you know, Hey, look, you know, you're not thinking on the business level. You're thinking on the personal level. So you're taking it personal. And I think it was just one of those that once you realize that John, can you, you can't can do you the tell, thing. Can you kind of give like the general, like what were those things so people can associate with it? Like the, like the, what, like we was, what he wasn't doing. Yeah. Okay. So basically he wouldn't hustle and then certain things he would just miss. So like certain things like very five cars prior, he would do door jams. 
And then he would just get lazier and lazier because he got in such a routine that I would not have to check his stuff. Well, then he got to the point where he realized when I didn't check his stuff, when I finally went back and started checking the stuff, he started slipping back. And then when he started think, thinking he could cut corners and the minute a customer says, cause I always have all my customers review their stuff before they pay for it. Because I just, I'm huge about that. Cause I don't want to go back. If I have to go back, it's on them. They have to go back for free. So here, the things John. that, yeah, the things that he knew he was supposed to do, he was slacking on because he thought it was okay because I did a great job on these things. So, and I finally just said, like, nope. So I, I just stopped asking him to go on jobs. And then, then he kind of realized, and then a couple of days later, they, when he came back on jobs, he started kicking it back up again. So I think it's just, when it starts causing you that stress of, man, it's frustration. Like my wife says, if you're coming home and you're bitching about it, and you're instantly aggravated about it, that's when you should check yourself instantly. And that's my personal, because um, I fight with it all the time. So when it starts aggravating you and you can't let it go in five seconds, that's when you should address it. All right, Rob, thoughts? Yeah, do you live with a monkey? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like birds. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was birds. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I'm sorry. I got, I got between dogs and everything else, I'm trying to jump around. I apologize. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fine, John. We just, I was the same way. I was going, what is that in the background? I thought it was a bird. I thought, I thought, so. it, had like, I thought it had like parrots or something. We're in the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good, John, man. We're glad you still hopped on. Uh, but Rob, how, you know, at what point, like, and where do you let it stress you out to that point or how, I, I mean, but, but let's, let's be up, let's go back to right when you were just one guy, right. And, and John's now got two vans. Cause he was trying to jump out. Love the, love the, love the attempt, John, man. I really do. Um, and then you run into that issue. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. You know, I have the same problem. Like I let a lot of things slide and I built the business to like five, six, seven, eight people with guys who just kind of did whatever they wanted. They smoked weed in the vans. They just, they, they literally just did whatever they wanted because I, 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 I just let that kind of stuff go on. And then when I started hiring managers who were like, Oh, hell no. I actually, every single one of those people that had been with me for years quit. And it's because they were actually held to a standard and held accountable for things and, and they did not want to be. And, and that's the real tough part is actually holding people to it. And the people that, that are like, oh, what do you mean I have to do this? Oh, what do you mean I, I can't pee in bottles and leave it in the van? You know, that kind of dumb shit. And, and that reminds it, me. <laughs> It's just like guys, you know, like I let you get away with this stuff. It's time to to do your job. Rob, don't look at my man. We're forced to. Yeah, I got one sitting in the van right now. I, gotta, I, gotta. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we all do. <laughs> oh man! It happens. I'm trying to think when I loaded this you. stuff back up today if I put anything on top of it by accident or not. Oh! All right. No. All right. So who's who's peed in something at a customer's house? That's, that's why I got the two I, doors. I, 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 I have done it. I'm going to say it now. I've done it. I've done it too. The problem, though, that I run into at my clientele, I'm sure we all have clientele with, with great houses too, you know, but Ooh. you go in. Well, it's not just that there's somebody around. 
You got to start looking around for the cameras too, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's, why I got, that's why I got that's the two why... opening doors on the side of my van instead of the slider because I can close them almost all the way with me standing in them and you, you can't tell what's going on. Yeah, when I had that big Nissan NV that was a big stand-up and everything was wrapped and covered, yeah, I had no issues. But yeah, <laughs> what was worse was I used to detail the interior of some of Papa John's delivery semis, and some of the bottles I would find in there. Oh, the oh. Bombs. oh there was more than one. It was, and you definitely wore gloves. Like those things. That's another episode of Trail Park Boys. Yeah. <laughs> the when, the, when, the, when the dad's throwing the dad's on the jugs in the trees yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kevin what's been the craziest thing that you found in one of them oh gosh oh no oh, oh no um i've i've found a couple weapons i mean that uh, um some some nasty looking knives um but protecting that pizza yeah, you know, squirrel nests, um, a lot of fingernails. Yeah, <laughs> it's a place where people like to clip their fingernails. Yes, I did a for, I like when you get the people that like to rub boogers on things. Oh, yes, like on the side of the seat. On the, side. On the I did a I did a transit van. The whole it was like a, for a plumbing company, and the whole front. Uh, the guy had all the fingernails, and then all the boogers were rubbed on the front of the seat. Uh, and, he, and the guy was like, "Oh, that's our father. He, that's his old truck." And I'm like, "Oh." And the guy was right there, and I was like, "Thanks, buddy. Got all your boogers." And he started laughing. I was like, "Bro, it's not funny. It's like this nasty." <laughs> Rob, what's some of the crazy things you've seen at the auction? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, these things are. There was one one time a guy got it, it. So when you get your car repossessed, it has to sit on the lot for a few months and then they have to like hold it for you for a little while. So you have the opportunity to buy it back. One guy got his car snatched on the way to a barbecue and the entire trunk was full of meat. No, so it no. It had sat in the lot for about six months in the oh, sun no. with a Bottle trunk of meat. Bottle hazard right there. Uh -uh. Oh, yeah. It was. Uh, you could smell it across the parking lot. Oh, did they it replace the really, interior? Really I mean, at what point did they not just go take the meat out? Like, they're going to take it out. The, the tow company doesn't care. That's what she said. Oh, it was at the tow place. Yeah. Tow yeah. The, it was repossessed. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, get them all the time with, with bullet holes in them and blood and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Sometimes with the bullet holes, it's a little insensitive, but we play the game of guessing whether or not the person died. You can see, like, okay, guess the blood splatter through here, guess. and it, you can see it impact the, the passenger side. So I don't know. I, it might have gone through him. <laughs> little blood spatter analysis. Yeah. Hmm. I, I did a car where the guy had a, uh, it was like a, one lady, her brother had committed, he lived in Florida and he committed suicide in the car. And for some reason, the customers showed me the pictures of this guy who had, he was like flung on the steering wheel. And I was like, okay, cool. And then they wanted me to come detail the car. And when I got in, they like, oh, the police took care of it. It's, it's pretty cleaned up. It's not too bad. But when I opened the door, it, it smelled like a dead deer. I don't know why. Like it just, even though it was <laughs> clean. Or, or a dead human. Yeah, or a dead human. Too. 
but I don't know. I just, I, I, my, my family hunts, so I'm used to being around like dead animals. Like, I've opened yeah. the door and I was just like, oh, look, dead deer in here. And the guy looked at me and I was like, oh, I'm around dead, dead deer. <laughs> dead deer, not people, not people. But she, yeah, that's up, death. That's death. Yeah, they ended up selling the car like six months later because I just couldn't. The lady was like, I just can't be around this car. And it was, it was kind of weird. But I don't know why people clean those cars. Like, I, I, I don't just... get it. Yeah, I don't know either. I just tell them to crush it. Times is worth more than just, the car. Like the car. Yeah. yeah, just crush it. It's easier. Yeah, yeah. It's it a nice Lexus, but I would I would go into it too. Oh, what about you? What's the worst uh, thing you found in a vehicle? Uh, for me, the worst was probably a syringe. I don't know if anybody's run across that. Jeez, Again, I don't. Not. I don't know what was many in times it, what they were doing with it. Thank Ooh. God I had on gloves. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't ask. At the auction, I found milk. Julian, I did a boat. I like did a, a boat, and I found a hornet's nest. Oh no! Oh, nice. Yeah, I found a hornet's nest underneath the driver's uh, console or that steering wheel they had, where the steering wheel is. I told, and then like my employee that was working with me at the time, hey, hey, did you know I'm actually allergic? I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh my no. goodness. And I had him. I had him extracting the carpet that day too, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I missed, I missed the good one right there." Because if he got bit oh, or um, or stung, that wouldn't have been a good day. So I had no, to go give uh, the lady a call about it and told her, "Like, look, you know, you have a horn's nest. So you're gonna need to get exterminated to take care of this before we keep taking care of your uh, your boat." Yeah, definitely, ah. Julian. I meant to ask earlier. Apologize. So, where'd you go on the date? How'd it go? Where did I go? I went to this uh, little bar over in my city. Went on a little date, celebrate some drinks, drink some beer, had a nice little day. All right, nice. Went good. No. Oh yeah. Yeah, went good. <laughs> uh, better than me. I, I keep having those that are like, yeah, this ain't going well. Check. Oh, I I know what those are like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not fun. Like at least at least the the investment on the drinks wasn't too bad. It was like you know a couple twelve bucks. Yeah, not bad. Alex normally uh, is more of a full-on investor, I think. But I did, Alex. Didn't you say you got uh, swooped up? Now you're uh, now you're now you got a girlfriend now. Your girlfriend. Wow. Where's the ring? <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. So I, I actually, um, I, I married a girl um, that I'd, I'd been with for like two months, and she, she ended up trying to ruin my life. I'm still paying for the divorce. So now all my buddies are like, hey, when, when are you going to get married? Where's the ring? And I'm like, as soon as I finish paying for the first fucking one. <laughs> yeah, well, at least yours went early. Mine was a seven-year seven uh, bad bad marriage, yeah, I was, and I, I'm I still was, paying I was for it. For Mine was 11 years. That I didn't marry. <laughs> my customers always tell me, don't get, hey, Julian, don't get married. I'm like, I, I hear it all the time, sir. If, if you get as fortunate as Kevin, who later in life even has his wife come out and help him work, man. I My mean, second wife. The first oh. one was 24 years. <laughs> she wouldn't have done it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> the second one. My, my wife comes with good. me sometimes. She was Same here. My, my second one will come with me. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Sorry. Keep going, Kevin. I said my wife uh, now, she, she was pretty good. She, she knew her stuff. She could handle that Rufus like anybody and uh she did paint corrections um you know helped me detail and prep the car but as soon as it came to the coating she's like i'm going home because she was using the really uh nasty stuff ben probably has the so far the best of all that we've we've now i mean 
you guys are traveling around, family together, everybody involved going going to town. I can't complain. She uh should do the outside of the cars, but uh toenails. Toenails got oh, oh. she has no injury. Oh. So been in Florida like, as why, why are people Ben, you've always said Florida people are crazy. Uh listen, I've seen so many interesting things here this week. Uh I think the craziest was this giant box truck that ran out in front of traffic with a flat tire, pulled up right next to a fire truck, but then only sat there for about maybe five seconds and we're at a stoplight. They decide to jump the curve, go into oncoming traffic, go to the stoplight because they didn't want to wait and take a right, just run out in front of traffic and take off. Now, meanwhile, they had a front flat tire all at this same time. And this is a giant box truck. And we're like, what the hell's going on? Well, then the uh, firemen get out. And of course they're all trying to check their truck. Cause they think that, I mean, well, I thought he hit the truck too. I mean, this dude's flying all over the place. So listen, you're right. Florida people definitely are. Uh, they have their own, their own something here. It's interesting. <laughs> um, Orlando, if anybody goes to Derek, cause you remember when we've been driving around Orlando for mobile tech, I mean, the drivers, the drivers in Florida are something different. It's a little, uh, little wild. I mean, even even when uh, I keep remembering Florida too. I know Florida. Uh, we were in Maryland. It wasn't. It wasn't. I'm talking about the people that we saw fighting in the street at the end of the the phone training we did over at Rob's shop. But uh, but the drivers in Mar and uh, Florida are a little a little wild. Definitely. I don't All right, so we we want to uh, want to kind of see what other questions are out there if if anybody's you know wants to have anything else for rob or any any other questions i've got one about? okay go for it so when since i'm now at a point where uh, i'm now asking looking for another employee i've made the mistakes both ways do i go with trying to find somebody and and figure out the hourly or do i try to do like piecework and try to figure out how to keep them busy. Cause I want to be able to try to bring somebody on, you know, more than, you know, 30 hours a week. Um, but I have failed both ways in piecework and hourly because hourly they get comfortable and they start slacking piecework. They're good. But then once they hit their quota, they're, they're, they're done. They don't want to earn more. So what's the best way on that? Yeah. And I, I, I'll take a stab at it until Rob hops back on. Cause it looks like he's, he stepped away for a second. I don't. Oh, there I'm he is. I'm here. I was just eating dinner, so I didn't want to have to watch you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rob, you, you go for it. You're much better experienced at this this answer than I would be. Um, well, yeah, it really just, you know, depends on what you have going on for your business. You know, the, the thing about piecework is sometimes they rush through it because the, the more they do, the more they make. Um other times, like for my mobile trucks, I can't, I don't really do piecework because there's a lot of travel time. So I have to accommodate because it's not fair for the, them to spend two or three hours a day driving essentially off the clock. So it, it really just comes down to whatever model works best for you and, and talk to your em employees and find out what they want. If you're only dealing with a couple of people, you know, see what works best with, for them. And if, if they are, if they say, hey, I only want to do commission, 
then at least you know, because one of the hardest things you'll find when you start getting employees is controlling your labor rate. And with commission, your labor rate is set. You know it's 40, 50%, whatever you're paying that person, and it will never go above it. You know, if they take all day, sorry about your luck. You know, they, there's pros and cons with both. So it's really just whatever works best for you. So like my particular scenario where we're shifting the business and that's why we're kind of kicking the nuts on this one is the, I just went to PPF school. So we're going to start implementing full PPF wraps and stuff like that. Well, I'm the one that needs to be doing that. Um, so I need the second truck to be doing the lighter stuff when it comes to, you know, the maintenance washes and stuff like that. And so I'm trying to figure out how to incentivize them to, you know, to run off the bat versus, you know, I understand it's my business. I understand. I don't expect you to, to give your all like I would, but I want you to care. I want you to give a shit about the customer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if they don't, then you have a bigger problem anyway. So, you know, that's not really a, a concern with, you know, if they don't, if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, then it doesn't really matter how you're paying them. But the, the, the issue that I had when I tried to go commission for the lesser services is they're not very much. And if somebody actually sits down and calculates and they're making around minimum wage, you know, they're like, oh shit, maybe this isn't worth my time. You know, especially if they're only doing the maintenance washes that take an hour, hour and a half, you know, if they're only making, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what your numbers are, but you've got to make sure that it's worth it for them. What I did when, when I started sending people out on their own was I was paying them 50% of the truck or the $15 an hour, whichever, whichever was more. So that would give them the incentive to work hard, but also if, if they didn't, they didn't feel as though they were losing out. That makes complete sense. Yeah, that that's good. I haven't, I haven't, I don't. My microphone unplugged for a second. Uh, we we've talked about the percentage, but I don't know that we've talked about percentage with a minimum. So that I think that would help people, right? Like, hey, I'm going to give you fifteen dollars an hour, or fifty percent of what comes through that would give them some initiative to produce more through the truck. And if you continue to put in the, hey, if there's a mistake, you're gonna go back and fix it on your own dime. Put in some of those, you know, how would, what would you call those? Uh, guidelines or, you know. Little um, clause. Yeah, clauses might be good. Clauses might be good. You know, something to keep them in the, uh, the aspect of listening. If, if this customer's not happy, it will be your own time that is spent making that customer happy because you've been paid for the work. Um, Kevin, how, how are you going about that? Yeah. If you're on commission, any fixes on your own. Um, I was pretty much paying by the hour uh, for the work and it's a little trickier now because I'm still, you know, I, I usually share the work along with them and, and I of course take a bigger percentage. So, for the previous employees that I had, I wasn't sharing my my costs that I was giving the customers because that really wasn't their business. 
but I was being fair. I was paying them usually $20 an hour because um, it was nice working alongside with them. I could keep track of them, know that they weren't sloughing off or, or get them moving along. And um, then like I said, the young man that I'm working with now, he's a lot more conscientious. If, a, if I call him and say, hey, we've got a coding tomorrow when I arrive, he'll have everything set up and ready to go. If the customer's dropped off the car the night before, he will have already washed it uh, without being asked. So I, I give him bonuses. Uh, the same thing, if, if I get a tip, uh, I split it with him. Um, but it's usually like, a, uh, depending on the job, um, when it comes to the coatings and the polishing, I'm doing more of that. But uh, I, I just try to be more than fair with them because it's worth it to have somebody dedicated like that and, and uh, motivate him to keep doing it. And, uh, but yeah, I've, of the employees I've had, and that's why I was surprised when the one kid quit after a couple of jo- uh, couple months to go work at a target. I mean, you, you're giving up 20 bucks an hour, pretty good working conditions to go work a minimum, less than minimum wage. And now you're saying is party of five. Yes. Right this way. You know, that's, that's the life he chose. Um, my wife was a different story. I had to pay her differently. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's how I handle it. And, and we have guys that have 40 employees who have um, uh, team rates uh, when they reach a certain goal, they all split uh, like a profit. Um, we have one, two, three, four man operations. So it varies. It's such a slippery slope. Um, and, and like, like you, I, I pay for travel time too. I can't have a guy, I couldn't have a guy sit in a van for two hours and not pay him um, something. So that's, it really is. I don't think there's one solid answer. I think it's what works with that individual. And, uh, you know, Rob has a certain, uh, base that, you know, he can pay that will do that work. But he has another base that he has to pay differently. Like you said, who don't want to do that line work. So it's finding that balance. It's just, it's just one of those things you have to tackle and, and find the right fit. And it is no doubt one of the toughest things that we will struggle with as every other company, as we said earlier, the amount of four hires that are out now, we're not the only ones that struggle with hiring people. I want to check in with Nick and then Ben, let's see what's on the menu. How to turn out uh, Nick uh, take the honors. How did breakfast go? Pretty good. All right, it looks like we got some scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs with cheese. I know. Yeah, it looks like something else with their waffles. Man. Yeah, let's zoom in on those waffles. Cinnamon waffles. Is that cinnamon is that waffles? Is that butter? Man, you impress me every time. So the square to hire you. Ah, uh, do what? Do what, guys? Derek, what you got? Say? Oh, I so said, is that butter uh, inside those squares? No, sir. That is uh, frosting. Oh, oh, good lord! Jeez, frosting, frosting from the package. Whoa, uh, that's level ten. Jeez, basic Costco uh, bacon microwave for like a minute. Oh yeah, um, oh, Costco makes some good bacon. Pepper, hash syrup, browns, hash browns, fried in skillet, mm. olive mm. oil, clutch ketchup. Mm. You know what it is. Ne- Eggs, never trust cheese, a skinny pepper. cook. Nick, if uh, if we ever <laughs> you come to Mobile Tech one year, you got to cook his breakfast, man. That looks good as hell. Dude, if there's ever a convention around like Gatlinburg and we can rent a cabin, all the boys are invited. 
I think we should just go anyway. Screw that. Just go. Let's, let's just, just get the hell out. Forget Why wait? Yeah, <laughs> All right, Ben, what happened on your, uh, your dinner tonight? I can't compete with that. You can't compete. What? You're out. <laughs> Nick, did you go? Shit. Now I got to figure out technology. No. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. There we go. Oh, there we go. Some tomatoes, cheese, um, mm. chorizo, and, oh. you know, I love chorizo. Right, it still looks good though, man. Nicely it looks fine, done. man. Nicely done, guys. Thanks so much for your time, Rob. Thanks as always for uh, any time that you can give. Congratulations on the uh, at least the shot, right? The shot tomorrow. So, uh, what time's your uh, your big pitch? 1.30. All right. Putting out big vibes for you tomorrow at one thirty, man. Uh, wish you all the success and all the best in that. So, Thanks. Definitely. Hey, Rob, I'd like to connect with you, man. Sure. Just send me a message. Definitely will. Yep. Yeah, Rob usually puts out his socials the best way, I think, right? On-the-spot detailing? Yeah, Rob Schrufer. You can just find me. Or, uh, yeah, Rob Schrufer. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, thank you, uh, Brandon, Shawshank, Ben, Alex, Kevin, Marshall. thanks for hopping on, yeah. Derek, Nick, thank you uh, for cooking with Nick, look great, Paul, man, thanks for hopping on, good to uh, good to see you, and uh, Julia, man, can't be more thankful that you would hop out of a date to come uh, come <laughs> hang out with us and drink a beer, man. I, Anytime, it's worth it. I missed it <laughs> on SEMA. I should have I should have gone partying and clubbing at at, uh, at SEMA a uh, couple years back. I did that instead of um, not SEMA, but a mobile tech expo. Mm. I should I should have went out and hung out with the boys. <laughs> Bros before hoes, man. Bros before hoes. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Somebody say somebody say hoes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Check <Yeah>. please. <laughs> yeah, man. Good to, good to see you. Thanks for hopping on, guys. Have a great night. I uh, I've got my daughters, and uh, we're gonna go in there. Well, they just got out of the pool. We're probably gonna play some uh, Among Us. Anybody play Among Us? It's a fun little game. Yeah. I play my son loves thing, so I play it with him. Yeah, Heck yeah, it's a good months. one. That is a good one. All right, guys, have a All great guys. night. Uh, thanks Peace for the dudes. Have a good night. Great to thanks. see everybody. Thank you for hopping on. Thanks, have a good one, guys. Okay, episode is over. If you got any value from it, leave us a review, share the episode, and find us on TikTok. It would mean the world to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.